You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Be treated better. So I guess I just get this started here. No, no preamble today, folks. Uh, we're just going straight into the pod because it's just me. That's right. It's the uh, it's the all Ed cast today. Well, I shouldn't say that. It's, it's not really all me. It's actually going to be a lot of Wes, but the live portion plausibly live portion is just me hi everyone welcome to a foreign affair podcast episode 84 the super raw cast i am edward green mccall west bradshaw is currently on special assignment in the pacific side of mexico maybe i don't know he's currently living his worst nightmare as his alma mater high school team the rocky mount griffons are going to be playing for a state championship in football this friday night and he doesn't get to see it he is crushed but he will survive. Um, we still have a packed show for you today on the Foreign Affair podcast. Uh, I will be recapping somewhat quickly uh, everything that happened in the Barclays Premier League this weekend. And it was still a huge weekend in the Barclays Premier League. Lots of narrative, lots of drama to talk about. We'll also be telling you about uh, the Champions League. The group stage is done and dusted. We will tell you who <laughs> we I'm so used to saying we. I will tell you who's going through, who's going to Europa, and who's just donezo. I'll let you know how Liverpool and Tottenham are playing tomorrow, or today for most of you listening to this, in the Europa League. And I'll even give you a quick look at some FA Cup ties coming up here uh, next month. And that'll be the uh, first uh, little tournament of the new year that starts up for most of the Premier League clubs as well as a lot of the clubs in the championship of course this podcast the foreign affair podcast is brought to you by ngsc sports and ngscsports.com we never stop i really had to learn to slow down a little bit uh if you want to find us you can still find us on the twitter at all new sport show you can also find us at our our, uh, podcast handle at afa pod the All New Sports Show is our sister show that we spun off from. You can find us on Facebook there, facebook.com slash Show, youtube.com slash Show. Find us on Periscope through all the All New Sports Show handle. And uh, you can also email us, allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Lastly, mail your letters and parcels to 1701 Sunset Avenue, Suite 201, Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, 27804. It is the reason for the season. Give us things, please. I'm just kidding, please. Please don't actually give us anything. Unless you really want to, then you know we'll, we'll take it. No live animals. As long as it's not live animals. So, let's dive right into it. It was a big weekend in the Barclays Premier League, as it tends to be with those hunky-dory scriptwriters. Uh, it started off fun and fantastic for the Potters of Stoke City as they win 2-0 over the champions-in-waiting Manchester City. Uh, a brace by Arnautovic, uh, which could have been 4-5 for him, on the day. Uh, two goals in the first half, though. Let Stoke City and Mark Hughes get a big win 
over Manchester City and dampen their title chances ever so slightly. Elsewhere in the 10 o'clock games, it was Arsenal 3, Sunderland 1, despite uh, what Big Sam Allardyce said. Uh, Arsenal mostly controlled the game. Sunderland got their only goal on an Olivier Giroud own goal. Uh, elsewise, uh, Arsenal were able to run rampant goals by Joel Campbell and Olivier Giroud and a finisher from Aaron Ramsey in final stoppage time. Manchester United nil, West Ham United nil. West Ham may feel like they had the better opportunities, if not for David De Gea's excellent goalkeeping for the Red Devils. Attack, 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 not happening still for Louis van Gaal's army, uh, as we'll talk about a little later. Uh, sometimes when the attack opens up, it leaves you a little porous in the back. Uh, but Manchester United does keep keep a clean sheet at home. However, so does West Ham. So Manchester United can only get a point at Old Trafford. On the South Coast, it was Southampton 1, Aston Villa 1. Uh, a big draw for Aston Villa's uh, attempts to stay in the Premier League this year. Southampton uh, went up, I believe, on a Graziano Pelle goal. I can check that. Uh, just coming back from a suspension for yellow cards and the like. Uh, Ronald Koeman's men, unfortunately, uh, followed up their big Capital One Cup defeat to Liverpool with a bit of a rough go against Aston Villa. Um, as, uh, at the Liberty Stadium, it was Swansea nil, Leicester 3. The feel-good story of the year keeps rolling on. Uh, Jamie Vardy's goal-scoring streak does come to an end because Riyad Mahrez was the hat-tricker for the Foxes on this day. Well, he scores all three for Leicester, and unfortunately for Gary Monk, it would cost him his job. Gary Monk has been sacked at Swansea City. Uh, David Moyes is one of the front runners to take that job. Always love to have Moisey back in the Prem. Um, Broj, Brendan Rodgers, has been talked about for the job. He does not seem to be interested in coming to Swansea, though. But Swansea is looking for a new man. Poor, poor form, I believe, from them, if I may editorialize here for a second. Uh, Gary Monk had done great things with the club. Yes, they were tailspinning, and maybe he had lost the club. We don't know what's going on in that locker room. Um, they are a very talented team. He brought them up, you know, all through the rankings, and, and for him to go out like this was a little, a little weird. Um, but unfortunately, that's what Swansea has decided to do, so they will be looking for a new man. Otherwise, uh, Claudio Ranieri has the Leicester City Foxes playing some fantastic football still 15 games into the season. Watford 2, Norwich nil. Watford keeps proving they are a top-half club. Uh, they came up from the championship, and the Hornets are doing some great things this year in the Premier League. They could be one to watch out for, maybe possibly with a few more additions in the January transfer window or even next year, maybe they can make a European push relatively soon. Uh, West Brom won, Tottenham Hotspur won a wonderful Deli Alley goal off a Toby Aldevarelle through ball from his just about his own half, was canceled out uh, later in the first half by West Brom. They get a point at the Hawthorns. Uh, disappointing for Tottenham not to come away with all three points there. However, they are now unbeaten in 14 straight Premier League games, and they still sit in fifth place within striking distance of the top four. Uh, eventually, Tottenham will need to convert these draws into wins, but still another fine effort 
uh, by them to, to secure a result, especially as we've always mentioned, Hawthorne's tough place to get a result. Uh, and then your 12:30 game, if, if Man City Stoke wasn't the shocker of the weekend, and Stoke's been playing some good football, so it wasn't that scary. Chelsea nil, AFC Bournemouth won. Up the cherries, everyone. Glenn Murray, who came on as a second-half substitute, two minutes, less than two minutes, actually, after entering the game. He scores the game-winner on a header off a set-piece that was bounced around in the box. He maybe was slightly offsides. It looks like on replays he was level with the second defender from Chelsea. But, um... After uh, Courtois had come out of his goal, it was the second defender who looked like he kept him onside, and Murray headed it home, giving the Cherries maybe their biggest win in club history. Uh, they, they are trying to stay out of that relegation zone, and a huge three points for them. Meanwhile, Chelsea have now lost eight matches on the season. On Sunday, it was Newcastle United to Liverpool nil. Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp may feel a little hard done by one call on a disallowed Alberto Moreno goal that would have leveled things at one, uh, but Newcastle put it away uh, in stoppage time for their second goal. Martin Skirtle had the first goal. It was an own goal, his seventh, tying the club record. And on Monday, it was Crystal Palace 1, Everton 1 at Goodison Park. Everton uh, was trailing after a Scott Dan, Scott Dan, second half goal. But Romelu Lukaku picks up his 50th goal for the club to equalize and get Roberto Martinez's side a well-deserved point. Very up-and-down game, very well-played game by both sides. Highly entertaining as 1-1 draws can be from time to time. So now we take a look. You know, I've, I have no one to banter with, so we're not going to really break any matches down. I tried to do that as we went along here. Uh, obviously, Chelsea, shock of the week. I, I don't think that needs to be expounded on anymore. They, they look like they might have regained some form this week in their Champions League fixture, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But I, those those of you saying, I mean, they're still dangerous. But those, those people saying the top four is still within grasp, no, it's not. I, I firmly believe, I firmly believe at this point, European football is out of the question next year for Chelsea unless they win the Champions League. That's it. That's that's it. I do not believe they are going to finish sixth or even seventh. I, I think. I think getting like to ninth would be good for Chelsea right now. So we'll see how they do coming up here uh, as we've been through the first 15 this season. Here is your fixture list for this coming weekend's slate of games. We're about to hit that very, very, very busy holiday period. Um, but right now we have matches Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Saturday at 7.45, get your weekend started the right way with Norwich versus Everton at Carroll Road. 10 o'clock, you have four choices. Crystal Palace, Southampton. Crystal Palace hasn't been that great at Selhurst Park this year, and Southampton is desperate for points. Uh, Manchester City, Swansea. We'll see who Swansea has tabbed as their man for that match, if they want to put in an interim manager or if they will have a guy in place by then. Uh, Sunderland, Watford at 10 a.m. West Ham, Stoke. Uh, both teams with good results on the weekend. See how they do coming in against each other. West Ham has been better on the road. We'll see how they do at Upton Park. And at 12.30, suddenly plucky AFC Bournemouth versus Manchester United. Will we see more attack, attack, attack? Or will the Cherries add another scalp 
to their prized possessions. On Sunday at 8.30, it's Aston Villa versus Arsenal. We'll see if Remy Gaillard can keep up his men and build on the point they got against Southampton. And then at 11 a.m., Liverpool hosts West Brom and Tottenham hosts, excuse me, Newcastle. I believe Liverpool and Tottenham basically just traded opponents uh, after this past weekend. That's that's what Europa buddies do. That's what we do. And on Monday, December 14th, just 11 days from Christmas, uh, 3 p.m., Monday Night Football, Leicester City, Chelsea at the KP. Oh, it's going to be rocking. Do the champs have something left in the tank to take out the Foxes? Leicester City has only lost once this entire season. Uh, as we look at the Premier League table after this weekend slate, uh, here is the live look. Leicester City sits alone in first place. They have 32 points through 15 matches. Arsenal is in second with 30 points. Manchester City and Manchester United are both level on 29 points. City is above them on goal differential. Tottenham is at 26 points in fifth place. And with 23 points each, Crystal Palace, West Ham United, and Liverpool. Uh, At the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone. AFC Bournemouth right now just outside of it with 13 points along with Norwich. Uh, Newcastle has 13, but they are staying in the relegation zone in 18th place on goal differential. Sunderland have 12, and Aston Villa have 6. So let's take a look now at the Champions League. The Champions! Sorry. Um, Bayern Munich. Sorry. (laughs) Why are we starting down there? I don't know. Who knows? Let's go to Group A where things were, you know, somewhat boring, but we're going to pull it up anyway here. Uh, KSG got a win, 2-0 win against Shakhtar Donetsk. Zlatan with a goal in the 86th minute. Real Madrid an 8-0 win over Malmo FF. Real Madrid tops the group. PSG finishes second. Shakhtar on, I want to say, goal? No, because they got more points against Malmo. Uh, they will be going to Europa League with just three points in the group stage. Uh, Malmo is out of Europe. Uh, in Group B, Wolfsburg, after a huge 3-2 win over Manchester United, um, Naldo had a brace for Wolfsburg. Verinha uh, had a uh, 29-minute goal for Wolfsburg as well. That actually gave them a 2-1 lead after Anthony Martial had opened the scoring for United in the 10th minute. Um, an own goal got United level before Naldo put them back ahead two minutes later. PSV Eindhoven also got a win on the road against CSKA Moscow. Luke de Jong with the equalizer against Moscow before Dave Proper got the winner in the 86th minute. And that sees Eindhoven through to the knockout phase. They finished second. Wolfsburg finished third. First, Manchester United finishes third. They will drop to Europa. CSKA and Moscow is out of Europe. In Group C, your results were Galatasaray 1, Astana 1. Astana almost could have advanced forward. Patrick Tuomasi had a goal in the 62nd minute. But Selçuk Inyan got it back in the 64th to make it finish 1-1. Atletico Madrid with a 2-1 win on the road against Benfica, allows them to win the group with 13 points. Benfica finishes second with 10, and Galatasaray, with their draw against Astana, 
go through to Europa League. Astana, Plucky Astana are done. Group D, Manchester City with a huge, huge win against Borussia Mönchengladbach. Uh, they trailed 2-1 with 10 minutes to play, but Raheem Sterling had a two-minute brace, and Wilfred Bonet put it away in the 85th to give City all the points. Sevilla had a 1-0 win over Juventus. Fernando Lorente with a one, uh, the winning goal there. That gets Sevilla a huge three points and gets them into the Europa League. Unfortunately, uh, Fabian Johnson's Borussia Mönchengladbach is eliminated from all comps. Juventus finishes second in the group with 11 points, just one point behind Manchester City. So... Got to give Manchester City props after that first opening loss to Juventus at home when they were up a goal and gave up too late. They've they've certainly come back a long way. They get four wins in the group stage to win the group. Group E, uh, Barcelona, uh, no surprise, finishes with 14 points. They got a ho-hum draw against Bayer Leverkusen, Lionel Messi with a 20th-minute goal and a nil-nil draw between Roma and BATE Borisov gets Roma a second-place finish. Uh, despite having a minus-five goal differential, they go through with more points against Leverkusen. And Bayer Leverkusen finishes third and will be going to the Europa League BATE. Plucky BATE unfortunately finishes fourth, and they are out. Group F, the group of failures. That's what I'm going to call it. No, No heroes here. Bayern Munich, they get 15 points. Robert Lewandowski with a brace over Dynamo Zagreb for a 2-0 win. And Arsenal goes on the road to beat Olympiacos 3-0. They needed to win at least 2-0. Olivier Giroud with a hat trick gets it done for Arsenal. They and Olympiacos both go through with 9 points. The Olympiacos will be heading to the group, uh, sorry, to the Europa League knockout stage. Zagreb is out. Arsenal will be going through as the second-place finisher. Group G, Chelsea win the group um, with 13 points after a 2-0 win against Porto. Um, Ivan Marcano with an own goal in the 12th minute. And then Willian, not with a free kick this time. He put it away in the 52nd minute. Elsewhere, Dynamo Kiev with a 1-0 win over Maccabi Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv only scored one goal in the entire knock, uh, group stage. They have zero points. They are obviously eliminated. Porto, because of the loss and because of Kiev's win, actually must now go to the Europa League. Kiev finishes second with 11 points. Chelsea, well, they suck in the Premier League, but they win their group. They win Group G, and they'll be going to the knockout phase. And in Group H, the final group, Lyon with a 2-0 win over Valencia. It's Lyon's first win of the group stage. Alexandre Lacazette with a goal in that one. You might think, how many more goals does he have for Lyon before a possible transfer to a Premier League side? Uh, Ghent with a 2-0 win over Zenit. This is Zenit's first loss of the group stage. Actually, first non-win completely. Uh, Daniel Milosevic with the winner for Ghent in the 78th minute. Hent goes through in second place, the the uh, first-time Champions League team. They go through with 10 points. Zenit wins the group with 15. And Valencia, uh, even with the loss to Lyon, they go through to Europa Lyon, even with the win, is done. So that is 
again, your Champions League group stage, it is all over. Uh, in the round of 16 draw, the winners will be seated against runners-up. Uh, the draw for that will be this coming Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yes, it is very early. Um, we will be talking about it you know, next week on the pod. Uh, so Real Madrid, Wolfsburg, Atletico Madrid, Manchester City, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Chelsea, and Zenit. Those are your eight seeded teams. Your unseeded teams, who they will be matched up against, are PSG, PSV Eindhoven, Benfica, Juventus, Roma, Arsenal, Dynamo Kiev, and Gent. Um, three Spanish teams in the winner's side, uh, two Italian teams in the unseeded side, also two English teams, two German teams, and a Russian team in that winner's side. Rules for the draw, you cannot be drawn against somebody from your own um, uh, group. Yeah, your group. And you cannot be drawn against someone from your own uh, country, basically. Um, so Arsenal cannot be drawn against Bayern, for example, because they were both in Group F. They cannot be drawn against Chelsea or City in the first round because they are all from uh, the Premier League. Um, and that's actually about the only one uh, that would really be... Uh, yeah, that's the only repeat country. So Arsenal is the only one who will be dodging... Uh, multiple other group, uh, other seeded teams because they all play in the same league. Um, so that's actually kind of interesting that that happened. Um, I just, I'm just noticing this. This is something that shocks me a little bit. Um, again, every, everyone like PSG cannot be drawn against Real Madrid in the first round. Um, and also after every round, unlike a seeded tournament style thing, after every round. The groups are redrawn. So, and after the first round, you can be drawn against anyone. So, we could see a quarterfinals potentially of Real Madrid Barcelona. Could totally happen. Um, but we'll see. Again, that draw is December 14th. That's next Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, those first legs will be taking place in late February. So, we're actually going to be done with Champions League action for a while. We may talk a little bit about it next week when Wes comes back. Um, we'll also have Europa League to talk about. Liverpool will be in action trying to win the group at Sion in Switzerland. Uh, Ruben Kazan will be at Bordeaux in Group B. And for Tottenham Hotspur, they will be taking on Monaco at White Hart Lane. Uh, they lead the group with 10 points. Any sort of result against Monaco on Thursday will see them win the group. Excuse me. As well, any Anderlecht non-win against Karabag, uh, which Anderlecht played at them at home, you expect them to get a win. Um, but a non-win would also see Tottenham win the group. So we'll see what kind of lineup Maurizio Pochettino decides to play tomorrow against Monaco, especially with news that uh, both Nasser Chadli and Nabil Bentaleb are potentially back. Um, Moussa Dembele will be missing it with uh, an illness. So we mentioned that we also have the FA Cup. The round of 64 has been drawn. Again, these matches will be taking place in early January, sometime between the 8th and the 11th. Uh, 64 teams in. The lowest level team in uh, right now could be Salford City out of um, whatever the 7th division is. Let's say oh, it's the Northern Premier League Premier Division. That's what it is. 
um, they, which they actually just got promoted to this season. Um, but they are actually still playing Hartlepool United out of League Two. Yes. So, um, and this is the thing I don't understand about it. Tottenham actually got drawn against Leicester in White Hart Lane. Um, I, I just I find that very odd that they don't like seed teams like the Premier League team should be seeded like you also have Watford Newcastle uh, those are both Premier League teams playing against each other um, Arsenal is playing Sunderland I think those are two um, Premier League clubs Southampton plays Crystal Palace like it, it, I'm sorry it just doesn't make any sense it, it just doesn't make any sense it's great for teams like Eastleigh they're uh, they're in the fifth division which is the National League you know, like with the Dodgers and the Braves, um, they'll, they'll be playing the Bolton Wanderers out of the championship. So it's good to see that those guys don't automatically get matched up against a top-flight Premier League team. But on the other hand, when you're Tottenham, you're like, uh, do, 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 we, uh, do, do, we, do we have to play Leicester? Like, like, couldn't we have gotten, like, Liverpool got Exeter City? Nothing against Exeter City. I'm sure they're great in League 2. But, you know, I'm just saying. But anyway, those matches, again, will be taking place between the 8th and 11th of January. We'll find out and talk more about those as those matches are played. And, of course, still Capital One Cup going on as well. So that is your Premier League, Champions League, Europa League, and FA Cup news. Uh, we did have news and notes. Obviously, we're not going to talk about these too much. Here's what I'll give you what we would have talked about had West been here. Um, we certainly would have mentioned, well, I got I to gotta pull these up here. Um, we would have certainly discussed, oh my goodness, there's so much other crap I don't need on here. Um, we would have talked about um, potentially Aroldis Chapman's uh, domestic abuse violations, at least mentioned them last week. It was the Isil Puig. This week it's Aroldis Chapman. Um, whoops. So, hey, congrats, NFL. You're not the only one with domestic violence problems anymore, I guess. Um, we would, of course, talk about the big news hitting FIFA. You know, another round of officials getting charged over in Switzerland. 16 more officials have been charged with corruption involving, uh, quote, well over 132 million pounds in bribes and kickbacks. So, yay for that, I suppose. Um, also on that, FIFA President Sepp Blatter is reportedly under FBI investigation over knowledge of 66.2 million pounds in a bribery scandal. And um, Con it, news came out just a couple days ago that CONCACAF, even though they had a recently indicted acting president, Alfredo Howitt, um, he won't be replaced until the member nations meet in May. So as much as we like to complain about FIFA and Sepp Blatter, CONCACAF ain't that clean either. Um, so we would have obviously mentioned that. Uh, I, we talked about it last week a little bit on the pod. Uh, Real Madrid fielded an ineligible player, um, Denis Cherishev, in their Copa del Rey match last week. We didn't know at the time if they were going to get disqualified or not, and sure enough, they did. So I do my little happy dance, I do my little happy dance, because I don't like Real Madrid. I await your fan mail. I love it. Um, Real Madrid, again, disqualified from Copa del Rey. So that's another trophy Rafa Benitez can't win this year. Sorry, Rafa. Um, of course, big news coming out this week. The U.S. women's national team was supposed to play a match in Hawaii this week. Uh, they chose not to because they felt that 
the quality of the pitch would endanger their health. And given how much uh, topics this big of a topic this was during the World Cup, I'm not surprised they're finally deciding to take a stand. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like there might be a class action lawsuit against them. But I say you you should be treated better. Um, yes, this is kind of like a victory tour. Yes, this is they they, they did have a contract, I'm sure. But we got to start taking care of our girls and our women and have them on a literally a level playing field here. Um, the men don't have to play nearly as much on turf as the women. So we need to take steps to correct that. So I hope they fight the lawsuit. I, it sucks for anybody who is going to watch them. I feel terrible for them. But you got to do for the sake what's best for the players at this point. Um, they're making a, you a lot of money and endorsements and sponsorships and everything else. Take care of them. So U.S. Women's National Team, standing with you on that one. Um, some Two more Premier League notes real quick. Uh, another big blow for injury for West Ham. Uh, we talked a few weeks ago about Dimitri Payet. Now Diafra Sacco will be out for three months with a thigh injury. Uh, so big blow to them. And uh, United's Sebastian, uh, Sebastian, Bastian Schweinsteiger uh, has been charged with violent conduct for his incident against West Ham this uh, past weekend. He may, in fact, earn a three-match ban for his actions. So that's going to do it. That is your Premier League. That's your news and notes. That's all of our soccer talk for this week. I've got almost 30 minutes just talking here in this room by myself. So I'm going to stop now. Uh, we're also going to forego uh, Watch 4 and So Raw this week. So or not, well, I guess we're not really foregoing So Raw. We're having a giga So Raw. Uh, Wes and I are going to talk about a lot of stuff going on in the WWE. We recorded this a couple weeks ago. Um, so that's why there's no talk about what happened to WWE this past Monday night. And I didn't watch, so who knows? I'm sure Wes will be back to talk about it next week, though. But in the meantime, here is our super mega so raw from a couple weeks ago talking about the ins and outs of the WWE, how we can fix it, how we can get better, and what's going on right now. So please enjoy. Just Let's just get right into it now on this super, super so raw, so super raw. Um, and you may be thinking, as Wes Bradshaw joins us here from Parts Unknown, um... Wes, you, you, if, if those of you who follow him on Twitter know at Wes Bradshaw 21, uh, someone wasn't very, no problem, someone wasn't very happy with the, uh, the latest pay-per-view, uh, Survivor Series that the WWE put on, and wasn't altogether that thrilled either with the w, uh, WWE Raw edition of Monday Night that came after it. It was a little better, but not great. Um, so Wes, why don't, you tell the people at home, because we didn't really get into it two weeks ago. Why don't you tell the people what chuffed you so much about this pay-per-view? <sighs> and, 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 and. Uh, WWE has a long, proud history. Okay, proud might be an overstatement, but anyway. Um, <laughs> long history. The thing about wrestling, and this is the way it's always been, there are highs and there are lows. Mm -hmm. You know, the high periods, everyone remembers. You know, rock and wrestling back in the mid-80s when Hulk Hogan truly may have been the most famous man in the world. Maybe, yeah. 
87. Hulkamania, the Hulkster was running wild. WWE was everywhere, you know. It crossed over on MTV. It was in everybody's houses. I mean, it came on every couple of months. They did Saturday night's main event on, like, for real NBC. Yeah. NBCSN, which <laughs> did not exist in the mid-'80s. You know, it wasn't on some backwoods channel. It was, I mean, we're talking NBC, right? Right. Um, and now... It obviously is not in that heyday. It's not where we were during the Attitude Era, mm-hmm. which was, of course, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock. You know, The Rock, who's gone on to be a complete megastar. We understand that. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, those are kind of the two golden eras of the WWE, WWF, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Um. We're at a point right now where John Cena is the biggest star in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Has been for, I'll probably give him about six, six, seven years now. Cena's been the main star. Cena's been on the scene over a decade now. And what has happened is, you know, Vince McMahon, who... I personally, whatever you may think of him, Vince McMahon is a marketing genius. He's done well. I mean, once again, you know, once again, you take that era in the 80s, that era in the late 90s, early 2000s, the man made a shit ton of money, and both times he evolved. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, the first time he evolved out of the territories... Second time he evolved from, you know, basically as we got into the late nineties, you know, TV was getting a little edgier. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things they did then today wouldn't quite raise the number of eyebrows, but you know, things they did. I cannot tell you the exact date, but sometime in the last five or six years, the WWE became a publicly traded company. Mm-hmm. When they became a publicly traded company, suddenly it was no longer just Vince McMahon and maybe his daughter and his son calling all the shots. Now suddenly you have a board, you have stockholders you have to answer to. So everything, every number matters now, right? Mm -hmm. John Cena kind of follows along in this line from Hulk Hogan, to The Rock, to now John Cena. Before Hogan, it was a guy named Bruno Sammartino. Mm -hmm. They were the megastars of their generation. They brought in a shit ton of money. Hogan and The Rock moved the meter. John John Cena moves the meter. Um, You know, they, they they move ratings. And what what I believe has happened is that Vince McMahon has gotten to a point where the only thing he cares about is that television rating. Yeah. And keeping those stockholders happy. We've kind of gotten to that point. And it has been at the... to the detriment of the actual product that's put on the screen. 
Um, you know, in the last four or five years, we've seen a kind of the, the last generation of wrestlers. We've kind of seen those guys starting to phase out. Now, there are guys you still see on TV. Obviously, John Cena, uh, Randy Orton, um, The Big Show, Mark Henry, uh, the um, Batista. Yeah. Everybody knows Batista. Everybody, everybody knows Batista now because of uh, uh, what, what was the show? What was the movie? Guardians of the Galaxy Guardians and, uh, and then also um, Spectre. Spectre. Yep. Yeah. So everybody knows who Batista is. Well, these were the guys who had carried the water for a long time, and they're starting to move out. Well, Ed, when those guys start moving out, wh- what do you do? It- it's just like Major League Baseball. It's like the NFL. It's like the NBA. You have to replenish. You have to bring in new stars. You have to create new stars. WWE, though, has hit a rut where Vince McMahon was so hell-bent on keeping that rating and keeping the TV deals that he has ridden John Cena too long. Yeah. And he's basically made the entire thing about John Cena. Well, now, you know, John Cena... I don't want to make this like I'm just hating on John Cena because I'm not. I, I like John Cena. John Cena is a a fantastic human being who does so many things for Make a Wish, you know, so many things for uh, Susan G. Komen. He is a fantastic ambassador for the WWE. The problem with John Cena is his character has become extremely stale over the years. See, Ed, one big thing about your character is you always you were supposed to always evolve. So you stay relevant to everyone. So you stay, you know, you stay fresh. Well, the thing is, the John Cena character has not evolved now in about six or seven years because, hell, Vince McMahon's making so much money on him. Why does he want him to change at all? Basically, every kid under 10 years old loves John Cena. Yeah. You know who else loves John Cena? My wife loves John Cena. I wonder why. Well, I and here's the thing. My wife glances up every now and then and watches it. Yeah, yeah. So, and she sees John Cena. She sees the smile, the muscles, good-looking guy, great with kids, you know, um, is on the Total Divas. And so my wife loves John Cena. You know who doesn't like John Cena? Guys. Guys who watch wrestling. Yeah. Um, and... But due to this, we've been we've been force fed so much John Cena now over the years. Everyone's tired of John Cena. Yeah, we want we want the fresh blood. Not that you can't keep Cena in, because Ed, you've heard me on our so raw that we do. Man, when he was the U.S. champ, he was having some incredible matches. It's not that John Cena can't be good for the product, but the product just does not need to completely revolve around John Cena. Right. No, I agree. Okay, so here we are now, late 2015, you know, Survivor Series coming up. Well, Ed, now for the first time in a long while, John Cena's actually taking some time off. Okay, Um, over the last year, Cena has transitioned out of the world title picture, which has been good. He's still been prominent, but he's transferred out of the world title picture. 
Um, it, it's been some of the newer guys getting into it. And of course, Ed, for about the last six months, a guy who's my favorite wrestler in the world right now, Seth Rollins, mm -hmm. has been the world champion. Okay. Well, now, now here's, here's the problem. Here's one of the problems. Um, Vince McMahon, once again, sees John Cena as his cash cow. Well, John Cena is nearly 40 years old now. Oh, God, um, is he really? He's close. He's close. Oh, wow. He's late, late 30s, late 30s. I mean, like I said, I mean, the guy's been around for more than a decade now. Wow. Yeah, so late 30s. Um, and John Cena has, he's taken the beatings over the years. You know, his body has... His body feels he's in great shape, but you know, John Cena's not going to be one of those guys. He's not going to be Terry Funk, who's wrestling when he's seventy years old. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not going to be one of those grizzled old veterans who hangs on forever. Because you know, one thing about John Cena, he has made a ton of money over the years. He doesn't have to wrestle for his supper when he's in his forties and fifties. He's not going to be traveling. You know, John Cena's not going to be wrestling in high school gyms, you know, to make a payday. You know, John Cena's Mr. WWE. When he decides to stop wrestling, John Cena is going to move right into an executive job somewhere at WWE. He's going to be working in the company because the, he's a smart guy. Yeah. You know, Cena's no dummy. He's not just some musclehead meathead. He, he's, he's an intelligent man. He's got a college education. He's going to be fine. Okay. But Vince McMahon, seeing that the cash cow was so, maybe suddenly, you know, starting to transition away a little bit. Well, man, now we need to make a new cash cow. Because, you know, th this has worked out well for me, Vince McMahon. So, um, about, well, about three years ago at this time, in two, three, call it two years ago. I think it was 2013 at the Survivor Series. A little team debuts called The Shield. I believe we've heard of them. I believe we have, because you know what a massive shield mark. Actually, the shield might have been 2012. Either way, I, I almost now I almost want to say it was 2012. I think, yeah, it's been about three years now. The Shield debut. Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns. Together they formed an absolutely impenetrable team. They were the best faction in WWE um, over time. Now they started off as heels over time. Ed, they turned, they started to turn face and they became one of the biggest draws in WWE at that time. Um, out of the three guys on the shield, uh, Seth Rollins probably had the best wrestling pedigree. Uh, he had, he had been a, a superstar on the independent scene before coming to WWE was the very first NXT champion. Um, as Tyler Black on the independents, he was, he was a stud in ring of honor and the other major independent scenes. Um, Dean Ambrose had come through the independents had taken a different route. He was more known as the hardcore guy. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, once again, he had come up through wrestling as well. And then you had Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns, uh, collegiately. Um, college All-American defensive tackle at Georgia Tech. I saw him play football, actually. Cousin of the Rock. Yes. Comes from this. Uh, comes from this great family of Samoans that have been in you know in wrestling now for fifty years. 
comes from that lineage, and that is a great bloodline to come from. They're athletic, you know, they look good usually. Um, you know, they, they've got what it takes. And hey, The Rock came out of there. And that, that's a big thing. The Rock came out of there. Mm-hmm. Okay, remember, The Rock is one of those four or five guys who are biggest stars of all time. So here's Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns has the look. Okay? Reigns has the look. He's very good looking guy. He's about six foot three. Oh, Reigns probably weighs about 265, 270. You know, got the long, dark hair, you know, chiseled body, you know, great, gorgeous jawline. I mean, my, my wife swoons when she sees Roman Reigns. She loves John <laughs> Cena. She swoons when she sees Roman Reigns. Got the long, dark hair. Um, and I think, you know, suddenly when the shield starts getting hot, Roman Reigns was kind of the quiet badass of the shield. Because mm-hmm. if you've heard Roman Reigns talk, he's not the greatest talker <laughs> on the world. Where Dean Ambrose was fantastic on the microphone and Seth Rollins was very good and has turned into being fantastic on the microphone now. Reigns kind of stayed back. He was the quiet one. He was the one who did all the powerhouse stuff. Well, as the Shield gained popularity, Reigns looked like he was going to become the breakout star of the Shield just based on the fact that he had the look, he had the badass Superman persona, Um, He had a fantastic showing at the 2014 Royal Rumble in which he, um, God, I believe he set a record for eliminations. And and basically the star of Roman Reigns was on the rise. Mm -hmm. Well, then suddenly, uh, well, on that fateful day, June 2nd, 2014, a day which will live in infamy, the day that uh, Seth Rollins decided to break up the shield, um, from that point on, Roman Reigns has basically been booked as John Cena 2.0. Yeah. And what did we say about um, the large chunk of your wrestling audience, which is, you know, the 18 to 35 male demographic? They didn't really like John Cena. We don't like John Cena. <laughs> and now you're taking a guy that we really liked. And you're trying to turn him into the guy that we didn't like because you want to sell T-shirts and you want to put his face on billboards. Um, suddenly, you know, Roman Reigns is doing promos suddenly where, once again, that had never been his strong suit. Reigns was always the guy who Ambrose would, Ambrose would burn up the mic, Rollins would speak intelligently on the mic, and then Reigns would get the mic... And basically would say, evolution, we're coming for you. Believe that and believe in the shield. But he was such a badass, you're like, holy shit, Reigns is a badass. And that's all he had to say. Now, suddenly, you're giving him these promos where you're asking him to be funny and cut jokes, which is shit that John Cena does. The problem with John Cena's jokes is they're only funny to (laughs) 12-year-olds. Okay, and now they're trying to do this to Roman Reigns. So immediately, immediately, the hardcore wrestling fans, the internet wrestling community, the infamous IWC, um, you know, and, and people who are more serious fans 
completely turned against Roman Reigns. And what was supposed to be the coronation of Roman Reigns, the 2015 Royal Rumble, in which he wins the Royal Rumble to get the uh, shot at the WWE World Heavyweight title at WrestleMania, he was supposed to be the good guy, and he got booed out of the building. Yes, I remember this. Remember this? He got booed out of the building. Oh, you know, hey, he beat the bad Russian at the end, and, and then his cousin, The Rock, came out to help him. And The Rock got a smattering of booze because people realized what was going on. Uh, so then on our, on our trip to WrestleMania, Reigns is supposed to be the good guy against, you know, the, the monster Brock Lesnar. And everywhere you go, Reigns is just getting booed out of the building. Everyone wants Lesnar to win. Rollins ends up cashing in at WrestleMania. And basically we go through the summer where... WWE, they do a pretty good job of of tweaking range just enough that we don't hate him anymore mm-hmm. by basically not letting him talk as much. And they, they tighten up his promos a little bit. They made him a little better. He went through an injury, which helped uh, because that, that gave him time to work on his, uh, to work on his craft. Um, and he came back and, and, and then, you know, we, at that point, the hardcore fans were more tolerating Reigns. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a hardcore fan. I was not, I never hated Reigns because I really like what he brings to the table. What I did hate was I hated what his character was becoming because it's, it's the little things of Reigns. If you look at his facial expressions, you know, once again, they want to make him John Cena. He's not John Cena. John Cena is the guy, when you look at him, you know, John Cena makes facial expressions like, you know, oh, please help me because I want to help you and I want to be your best friend. Reigns just has this kind of natural smirk on his face where it's like he's in on a joke that you're not in on. (laughs) You know, the thing about Cena, Cena, Cena is enough of an everyman, even though he's a 6'2", 250-pound chiseled Adonis. You know, John Cena almost seems like a guy, you know, hey, you know, I could I could almost have a beer with John Cena. Roman Reigns just looks like the guy who, you know, if you went to the frat house in college, he was the one who was pantsing you in front of the girl that you liked. <laughs> yeah, he just he he was he's so damn cool mm-hmm. is the thing with Reigns. He's so damn cool. It's like everybody wants to be his buddy, mainly because you're supposed to be his buddy because he's the coolest guy in the room. So Reigns just wasn't really totally connecting with the audience. Um, Myself included, you know, this this happened before. It happened to The Rock. When The Rock came out in WWE, and I believe it was 96, The Rock was this, you know, Adonis, you know, defensive end from Miami. You know, a little bigger than Reigns, actually, about 6'5", 270. And, of course, folks, we know now The Rock is... He is an Adonis. He is a chiseled Greek god. How do we know? Because he's played them in movies. Yes, a lot of he's them. He's literally as close to a god as we're going to get as The Rock. Um, but The Rock came in, was pushed as this all-American, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to push him to the top. They did the same thing with The Rock. It did not work. People were chanting, die, Rocky, die. Of course, this was the mid-90s. You could get away with all this shit in the 90s. Now that's so un-PC, it's not funny. But they chanted, die, Rocky, die. 
What did The Rock do? Um, they ended up turning him heel. In which case, hey, the people were already booing him. So let's make it so you're supposed to boo him. Oh. And they booed the shit out of him. They booed the shit out of him. But it was, it was right because he was a bad guy. You were supposed to boo him. And then eventually The Rock came around because he was so damn cool. But he made you laugh while he was so damn cool. And he talked shit. The Rock is the only guy who can sit in front of you, talk complete and utter shit to you, and have you absolutely howling and eating out of the palm of his hand. He was such a good heel. And then that heel persona got him over with the crowd. So when he did turn face, it worked because the crowd was begging to love him by that time. Mm -hmm. That worked. So for a long time now, for about six, seven months, a lot of people, myself included, have been saying, hey, turn Reigns heel. Everybody wants to boo Reigns. Give us a reason to boo him. I mean, dude, if Roman Reigns came out on Monday Night Raw and said, you know what? I'm sick of all you people. You know, I've given you everything for three years. You know, I've done everything I'm supposed to do. I've come out. I've fought for you, and you boo me. Screw you. I'm going to do what I want to do, and I don't need any of you. That's perfect. He has the look. He has the persona to be able to do that. You turn Reigns heel, and then in a year when he's ready to turn babyface and he's over and people hate him as a heel, but they're begging to love him. Then you bring him in and, he, and he's over and then people will appreciate him more. So here we go. Okay. I, I know folks I'm, I'm rambling. I'm moving on to a couple. I'm jumping around a lot, but this is all about to come back around. You know, Seth Rollins, who after breaking up with the shield Rollins ends up winning the uh, world title at WrestleMania this past year, cashed in, in the match between Reigns and Brock Lesnar, uh, is enjoying a title run. I thought a very good title run. Um, it had its moments. He wasn't booked totally properly, but whatever. Uh, and it looks like that run is scheduled to continue. Well, here we go. Survivor Series, we're supposed to get Reigns versus Rollins. Reigns, the number one contender, versus uh, his old Shield running buddy Rollins. Mm-hmm. Well, then, unfortunately, uh, when the WWE goes on their European tour, uh, first night in, uh, I believe they were in Dublin, Rollins tears his ACL. Tears it to shit. Uh, MCL, ACL, PCL, tears it all up. We talked about a few weeks ago in State of Wrestling. uh, He is rehabbing as we speak. Doctors think he'll be back. When he does, he's going to be fine. He's going to be good to go. But at the moment, what that had to do, that had to vacate the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Um, so now you're sitting in a spot where your plans have been shot because your champion's out and what that does, it it sucks when it happens, but what it does, it gives you a completely clean slate. You can do anything at that point. Agreed? Yes. I mean, you you can do anything. Okay. Because no longer are the storylines set in stone anymore because what we said, I mean, all the storylines are suddenly changed. They're up in the air. So you're sitting on this opportunity right now, this golden, golden opportunity with this, uh, with this, um, what was it? I believe it was a 16 man tournament, 16, eight, four. Yeah. 16 man tournament. You're seeing a golden opportunity that you can shake up the WWE. Okay. Um, on one side of the bracket, you have Reigns as the headliner. 
on the other side of the bracket, you have his best friend, his brother, his uh, his remaining buddy from the Shield, Dean Ambrose, mm-hmm. who, by the way, is insanely popular and is insanely over. <laughs> you have those two on opposite sides of the um, of the bracket, <clears throat> and everyone in the world. Well, okay, everyone in the world is predicting that those two are going to face off in the finals. Well, now that's a problem. When wrestling becomes so predictable that everyone knows, that's a problem in itself. But okay, even if we do that, we still have options. I'm screaming from the mountaintops, turn Reigns heel. Get him in the final. You know, let Triple H come out. Slide Reigns a chair. Reigns decks Ambrose. Automatically, Reigns is the most hated guy in WWE. Ambrose is super over babyface who's sympathetic toward and reigns is this badass heel who um who's sitting there now with triple h with the authority he's got the title and and you can do so much at this point instead ed we go through this tournament with reigns basically turning his nose up to the authority saying i'll never work for you i'll work for these people while the people are going oh my god give me a fucking break please just give me a break uh, the tournament, as we get to the final, predictably we get Reigns, Ambrose in the final. So you're sitting there going, I mean, I think I said on my Twitter, there's got to be a swerve here, right? I mean, there's got to be a swerve somewhere. Right. Instead, we get a nine-minute match in the final in which Reigns just too much overly dominates and Reigns cleanly pins Dean Ambrose. One, two, three, he's the world champion. No oh. swerve. No new storyline. Nothing changes. And then the next most predictable thing is um, Seamus, the, the, the big Irishman Seamus, comes out. He's got the money in the bank contract. Wham, bam, kicks Reigns twice in the face, pins Reigns. And if there's one person that people wanted to see as the champion less than Roman Reigns and less than John Cena, you've got him now. Nice. It is Seamus, who people literally are just indifferent to. The only thing people yell at him about is his stupid haircut, which he does have a red, a, a fire red mohawk. Oh, yeah. I mean, and he does look stupid. Yes. But, you know, <laughs> so now you put the belt on him and still nothing. Reigns is just laying out in the middle. And then you realize you're like, well, nothing different's going to happen. Then we come out to Raw the next Monday night. We start the show with Seamus and the authority coming out. We're like, oh, Jesus Christ, it's Seamus. I mean, literally, as soon as my wife found out what happened, because, of course, she didn't stay up the next night, and I told her she had to watch Raw to see what happened, she said, oh, God, you've got to be kidding me, Seamus. <laughs> That's not good. And, and here's, here's the telltale sign. My 11-year-old son, who loves wrestling, he was not home over the weekend, so he did not get to see Survivor Series. Same thing. Well, tell me who won. I'm like, yeah, you got to watch Raw. As soon as we saw the opening recap and he saw that Sheamus was the champion, he looked at me and said, all right, you can turn it off now. I don't want to watch it anymore. I said, well, don't you want to watch it? No. Wow. I have no interest in watching Sheamus as the champion. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to watch any. And he got up and left the room. Wow. And, and I, you know, I was joking with him. I said, well, I said, well, you want to watch it again? He said, yeah, just let me know when Sheamus isn't the champion anymore. Oh, my. Hopefully that'll and, be finished. And this is my 11-year-old who wanted 
you know, he, he wanted Reigns to be the champion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, he's, he's more of your mainstream. He, he is your mainstream fan that you're trying to build for life. And now he has sat there and said, I, I, yeah, I'm not watching this. <laughs> so when you run off the kids now, <laughs> because, you know, it's not like, it's not like a bad guy. I mean, when, you know, I mean, he, he sat through Rollins for six months. I'm the Rollins fan. He's not a Rollins fan. He sat through Rollins every week saying, God, I just hope he gets his butt kicked. But that's exactly what you wanted. You wanted him to say, I want Rollins to get his butt kicked. I want Lesnar to get his butt butt kicked. I wanted Randy Orton to get his butt kicked. And now suddenly Sheamus, he's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not watching this. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you've obviously gone overboard. And, you know, the thing is, they, now we've got this early inkling of what they're doing with Reigns. Uh, basically at the, uh, the TLC tables, ladders and chairs pay-per-view we've got coming up, uh, this Sunday night, the 13th of December, uh, we've got the rematch Reigns versus, uh, Sheamus. I can go ahead and tell you Reigns isn't beating Sheamus at TLC because TLC is an extremely minor pay-per-view. You know, you've got the big three, which is the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania and SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. If you're going to put the title on someone like Roman Reigns who you want to push as the next face of your company, you're doing it at one of the big shows where you're going to have a big audience watching. So, I mean, the TLC match, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be on the way back from, uh, from being out of the country. I'm not so worried about missing the pay-per-view and Ed, you know me. I mean, I make you pre-tape all of our shows on pay-per-view nights. Oh yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm already just not interested in this pay-per-view because Jeez. I know it's going to be status quo. <clears throat> WWE at this point looked like they are trying to run a storyline that was highly successful two years ago <clears throat> when Daniel Bryan eventually won the world title. And that is that Bryan had to constantly overcome being pushed down and he, get, he kept getting back up and coming back. Here's the difference in why that story worked for Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan's five foot nine and weighs about 210 pounds. And as they like to say, looks like a goat face troll. Yeah. He is the every Daniel Bryan is an every man. He's not cut. He's in good shape. Don't get me wrong. He's not cut. He doesn't have abs. He doesn't have big biceps. His face does not make the ladies swoon. Now that said, he did get to marry a Bella twin. Yeah, yeah, but he married the one without the boobs. The one with the boobs dates John Cena, of course. Um, but I mean, it has been eerie thus far what they've done, because so much of this is reminds you of late 2013, early 2014, when Brian was chasing the title and eventually won it at WrestleMania in one of the greatest WrestleMania main events of all time in a WrestleMania that went down in memory as one of the best of all time, WrestleMania 30. And a big portion of that was because of Daniel Bryan. It's almost like Vince McMahon has looked and said, Oh, well, you know, that worked two years ago. Damn it. Let's do it again. Good Vince McMahon. Thank you. It's like, but, but Vince, this guy is, he is the exact opposite from an underdog. He's Roman fucking reigns. You, you, you promo this guy as the Roman Empire, 
which was never an underdog to anyone. <laughs> if you remember, the Roman Empire was definitely not an underdog. Um, and it's almost like, you know, here, here's one of the problems with WWE is Vince McMahon, at the, at the end of the day, that WWE has all these writers. They have all these people who contribute to the creative process of WWE. And at the end of the day, everything they put in, at the end of the day, the final say is Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't like it, that's not what you're going to do. And you're not going to tell him any different. This comes about because, once again, those other two great eras, the rock and wrestling, the mid-'80s, the late-'90s, early-2000s, Vince McMahon was calling the shots on those, and he got it right. Vince McMahon, therefore, almost has kind of this mentality of, 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 of a big-time stockbroker. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I've been getting it right all my life. I'm never going to get it wrong. Well, you know what? Eventually, someday, you get it wrong. Yeah. Eventually, one day, you lose the it factor that made you who you were. Vince McMahon is 70 years old. Think about that. 30 years ago, when he was 40, was rock and wrestling. Yeah. 20 years ago, when he was 50, was the Attitude Era. You know, at some point, it just passes you by. Right. But the problem is, and, and the next problem is that there is there is no one in the company who can stand up to Vince McMahon because he still has the power to hire and fire as he pleases. Mm-hmm. So if you tell him, dude, that's stupid, that's not going to work, Vince McMahon has a massive ego and he's just going to fire you. Yeah. So no one at WWE has the balls to stand up to Vince McMahon and tell him, this is stupid, you're killing the product. So I guess I guess the biggest question I have is, and because you've said you've said it a lot tonight, the problem is, what is the solution? The solution here. Here's my thing. Um, this actually, see, the thing is with wrestling, you can always parallel it to another era, because, I mean, here's the deal. There's nothing really new in wrestling. It's just how long has it not been done that we can recycle it? Right. When you look back at those two great eras, there was an era in between them that was kind of called the new generation where ratings dipped, the product got pretty shitty for a while, and it's almost like, you know, you heard the song, you got to go through hell before you get to heaven. Mm -hmm. They almost had to do that. Um, I mean, this was an era where, you know, Vince McMahon had not grasped yet that reality was coming in. This is an era we had wrestlers named Duke the Dumpster Drosy, who his gimmick was he was a trash man by day and a wrestler by night. Sure. We had a guy called the Goon who came out wearing hockey skates and hockey pads. That makes sense. Wrestled in skates, mind you. Great shit. We had Doink the Clown. What? He was a full-on clown. That said, now, if you actually watch Doink, he was actually a really good wrestler. <laughs> but that's beside the fact. The gimmicks were horrible. The ratings were shit. Um, that was the point the company actually almost went bankrupt. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there was a lot of other things going on. There was a steroid scandal from the late 80s, early 90s that was going on. Um, and, but you know, what happened in that, Ed, is the guys from the 80s, Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. Randy Savage, Roddy Piper, who, you know, I love Roddy Piper. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, these guys who were the mainstays of WWF in the 80s and the early 90s, Vince McMahon made a decision mostly because of financial reasons that, you know, I'm not going to keep these guys anymore. I'm going to let them go. And they went to the competition and initially they strengthened the competition. What Vince McMahon had to do because he had to strip down the product. He had to make it raw. Oh, Henceforth, that came the name of the show, Monday Night Raw, because it was so raw and stripped down, they couldn't even give them free coffee in the back <laughs> because it cost, it cost money and they didn't have any money. What they had to do at that point was they had to develop a new generation of stars. And there was about a three, four-year period there where it was brutal. A lot of the stuff sucked. But what they did is they developed guys. They had to give guys a chance to get over And they did. And the next thing you know, these guys are the backbone of the Attitude Era. Shawn Michaels, who I've told you, you know, is my absolute favorite wrestler of all time. Uh, He got his break during this uh, new generation era, new blood era, whatever they want to call it. Um, You know, he was a guy who wasn't your typical six, seven, 300 pound muscle man. Shawn Michaels was six, one weighed about two fifteen. And was a high flyer who might who who goes down in the words with Ric Flair as being the best in ring performer of all time. Shawn Michaels got his break. Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Bret Hart. You know, these were guys who suddenly started coming out of this generation and they led the next generation. Scott Hall and Kevin Nash went to WCW. They formed the NWO, which if you were in high school in the 1990s, you know there were kids walking around your halls wearing NWO t-shirts. Mm-hmm. They were the fucking coolest thing ever. <laughs> then Shawn Michaels and Triple H, who also cut his teeth during that new generation era, suddenly they emerged in WWF as the Generation X. And now you're having an actual <laughs> a revolution almost on screen where it's becoming more realistic and they're putting in more actual storylines and it it changed the way the business was run it changed it and what they had to do Ed, they had to purge before it could grow you love a purge oh you know we love a good purge and ed i almost think that's where we're going now um i think it's gonna have to i think it's gonna have to almost hit rock bottom before it can come back up and it's because so something has to convince vince mcmahon that what he's doing isn't right, mm-hmm. that it's not working. And I mean, who am I to tell a guy who's a fucking billionaire? I mean, a legitimate billionaire that he's not doing his work right. I'm no expert. I don't claim to be an expert. I tell you what I like. I tell you what I see in the way I see it. Um, but you know, the one good thing, one good thing WWE has going is they have, they have set up a minor league that they control. It's called NXT. Um, I've told you it's, it's fantastic wrestling. 
Um, the storylines are really good. It's pulled off very well. You know, one thing that NXT has that, or one thing NXT does not have that the WWE has. What's that? It doesn't have Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah. It, it is, it is younger. Basically triple H runs NXT. <clears throat> you have younger, more in tune people running the product that they actually consult on what's going to happen and then decide what's best for everything when it happens. The product down there is very strong. It's very healthy. Um, they brought women's wrestling to the forefront down there um, with, with actually, I mean, they let, they have twice let the women main event quote a pay-per-view Wow! at the NXT level. And, and both times they absolutely blew the house down. They're given time to actually wrestle, to tell stories, to do it the old way, which was, you know, be able to tell a story in the ring, have the buildup, and then be able to finish telling what we needed to tell. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, right now in WWE, it's kind of gotten to a point where suddenly if, if Vince McMahon gets bored of it or doesn't like it, okay, we just got to change everything. I mean, they leave storylines hanging. They just... It's, it's, it's really frustrating right now being a WWE fan. And, and then to top it off, they've gotten into this what's called 50-50 booking. Here's my other thing. If I see you on TV every week and you're, you're fighting basically the same guy every week and one week you win and one week you lose and the next week you win and the next week you lose, how am I supposed to decide who the best guys are supposed to be? It's a good question. You know, um, I mean, I mean, hell, we, you know, we watch baseball, we watch football. You know, let's take Rocky Mount, for example. If Rocky Mount goes out in week one, they kick ass. All right. Week two, they get their ass beat. Week three, they kick ass. Week four, they get their ass beat. What am I supposed to think of Rocky Mount? Well, they can be good, but they're not that good. <laughs> um, I, yeah. And basically, that's where the booking has gone at this point in WWE is they – they're not developing stars. I mean, even, and here's those weird guys like Seth Rollins gets the belt and suddenly looks worse. You know, suddenly then he, he can't win a match on his own. Mm-hmm. He has to have interference. They have to cheat for him. You know, um, uh, guys get the intercontinental title. Wade Barrett was the, the damn poster boy of this. You know, he kicks ass, he kicks ass, he gets the title, well, as soon as he gets the title, he starts losing every damn match he wrestles. But they're, you know, they're non-title matches, so it doesn't really matter. You're telling me it doesn't matter, but it's supposed to matter. Right. Yeah, how are you going to build a story up? I mean, you know, it's just like anything you watch on TV. You know, what's going to make me believe in wanting to continue to watch this if the guy you're telling me is the main guy sucks and you're letting him openly suck? Because, I mean, we know by now, it, it's booking. It's written. It's, it's a story. You're supposed to tell me a story. How can I get behind anyone to be the guy going forward if he loses as much as he wins? Uh, I mean, it's just, oh, there's so many things. You know, the, the Wyatt family. You know, I'm a huge fan of the Wyatt family. Bray Wyatt is amazing at building up a feud. You know, we see him on Raw. His, his promos are immaculate. Um, his presence is just, it's mystifying. He's fantastic. The fans, the live crowds love the guy, but they love him 
as a bad guy, which is what he's supposed to be. And then every time we get this awesome buildup, and then he gets his ass beat at the pay-per-view every single time. Right. Always loses at the pay-per-view. And, and he's supposed to be like, well, his, his moniker right now, he calls himself the new face of fear. Mm. Why am I scared of you? You lose all the time. Exactly. I don't care how much, how good you build up a match. You turn around, you lose everybody. So why should I be scared? You know, why should I be scared that, uh, if, if John Cena's my guy, why should I be scared that Bray Wyatt's going to beat him when you show me every time Bray Wyatt can't beat anybody? It's fair. You know, so they're at a point they need to be building new stars, but I almost think Vince McMahon has forgotten how to build new stars. It's possible. And, and no one can tell him anything differently. It's, uh, Right, right now it's it, it's like it's like a rat race. It, 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 WWE is a rat race right now. Nobody knows how to get to the damn end of the maze. And uh, I mean, can someone tell you there is as much talent, just talent, guys who can talk, guys who can wrestle, guys who can go. God, there's I mean, there's as much talent as I've probably ever seen in it. And then when you look down at NXT, you know, you've got guys like Finn Balor. Uh, you know, you've got Samoa Joe down there. And you know, I'm a huge, huge Finn Balor guy. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, bullet, yeah. bullet Club, Bullet Club, dog, Biz Cliz. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I mean, he's sitting down there and he's been awesome in NXT. And, and you're almost to a point now, it's like you, you don't want them to call him up to the main roster because you know once he gets there, they're going to fuck him up. <sighs> That's depressing. That's another thing. You know, Kevin Owens, you know, I'm a big Kevin Owens fan. Kevin Owens was this dominant beast down in NXT. I mean, he was billed as being such a badass when Finn Balor finally beat him for the title. The place went berserk because, oh my God, we finally, finally someone can beat Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens comes to the main roster, beats John Cena at the pay-per-view in his very first match. And then at the next two pay-per-views loses to John Cena. And now it's right into that 50, 50 booking. He wins as much as he loses now. Mm-hmm. And he's your intercontinental champion, mm-hmm. but it's like they're they're not building him up as a credible threat because, like I said, he loses as much as he wins. Right. Where in NXT they built him up to be a monster, and it was amazing. So you know, I mean, guys come in, guys come in who do great in the developmental, and then they get to the main roster, and it's just like, okay, you're going to the mid card, and you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's it, it's depressing almost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, you've got guys out there who can be the superstars for the next generation. For for my son, my 11-year-old, you know, these are guys who, you know, for the next 10 years, he could follow and they could be the superstars of the sport. You know, like, I mean, when I came up, I mean, I mean, it's exactly how I came up in. You know, um, Shawn Michaels kind of got his break when I was about my son's age. I was 10, 11 years old. And then by the time I'm in high school, he's the Generation X. Man, he's the coolest damn thing on the planet almost. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I've told the story. About, I, I, wore a degener- I wore the same Generation X t-shirt under my ball pads for three years. Yep. It's a, it's a Generation X on the back. It said, suck it. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I mean, I followed him for a long time as he got better and better and better and better. You know, but... 
I mean, here's my kid. He he loves Dean Ambrose. He loves Roman Reigns. Loves those guys. And it's like every week, it's like, oh, they won. And the next week, they lose. Oh, this week, they won. And this week, they lost. It, once again, except for Roman Reigns, who they're trying to turn into the next John Cena, but nobody wants to see that. Yeah, that's, I, I just, I, I, I was, I've been brought back to something. It's it's not totally analogous, I think. Um, <laughs> but it's 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 what you told me about Vince McMahon and, and how he kept trying to to please the shareholders. Uh-huh. Um Nintendo, not I know we're it's two pretty disparate things here, but Nintendo shareholders have been notorious the last few years. The uh, the the Nintendo's latest console, the Wii U, has not performed very well, and they kept talking about uh, the 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 chairman Satoru Iwata. They kept asking him, "Hey, let's let's get into mobile." You know, every kid's playing on their iPhone or their their Android. They're playing all those stupid free to play games where you 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 purchase energy and stuff, and we, uh-huh. we'll get them through there, and it will make a killing. That's what we need to focus on. Is not another console. We need to start going mobile, mobile, mobile. Even though that would be absolutely terrible for Nintendo to do, <laughs> and it's stupid. And, but the, the the investors don't care because they just want profit. And, and, and that's a that's a short term money grab. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this Satoru Iwata uh, was kept going like, no, you know, if hey, we took a loss, you know what I'm going to do? I'll cut my salary in half. That's that's how we're going to pay for it. I'll take a pay cut so no one has to lose their job and you all can be satisfied. Now, unfortunately, Mr. Iwata passed away earlier this year, and that's that's kind of the thing now is is a Nintendo. Hopefully, whoever fills into that president void kind of keeps that legacy going but and that's when you talk about mcmahon just keeps trying to to chase ratings that Mm -hmm. that can't be the be-all end-all now in fairness raw's ratings are still okay 2.8 is uh, 2.8 on cable which i think Mm -hmm. is what this last one was is still a pretty good number and if they can as somebody pointed out you know if they can Get back once Monday Night Football ends to that three five three eight range, then everything is probably okay. But I agree with you that this 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 push for ratings, this charge to try and just mercilessly go after ratings, has really hurt the product. From everything you've told me, from everything I've seen, you you can't do that. And and that's you know I I know and this is me being I guess ignorant. But I know Stephanie McMahon has some part in the company. Surely, if anybody could convince him, it would be her, right? Like, or is that just me not knowing the situation? And see, that that's kind of what we don't know because, you know, okay, Stephanie McMahon, she's married to Triple H, who mm-hmm. is an executive in the, in the company. Well, you know, like we say, you know, Triple H is doing a fantastic job at NXT. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why I really think, you know, Vince McMahon... And don't get me wrong, I love Vince McMahon. I mean, hey, if nothing else, the guy's an East Carolina graduate. There you go. You know I love him just for that, if nothing else. Vince McMahon's ego is so unchecked that I don't even know if his daughter can get through to him. And, Ed, you talk about the ratings. Here's the thing. You're talking about, you know, hey, they could get back up to a 3-5-3-8. Vince McMahon is like a heroin addict. (laughs) Here's the thing. In 98, 97, 98 – in the middle of what was called the Monday Night Wars between WWF and WCW, which it was Raw and Nitro every Monday night at the same time. When McMahon won the Monday Night Wars, he was pulling six threes and six fours. 
Yeah. And they're chasing. That is the number that they are chasing. And if I may, six fives and the six sevens and the six eights. Go ahead. If I may, in that in this landscape, that's idiotic. Exactly. That's it's impossible. I mean, you think about ninety eight. How many channels did you have in '98 compared to what you have now? Not even close. And 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 just the fact that oh, there's this thing called the internet now. Exactly. Yeah, I remember. Uh, God, I, I'm trying to remember. I think our TV went up to about channel 70 on our cable. Yeah, that sounds right. And yeah. maybe 15 of those were pay-per-view channels, which we didn't get. And then you had your HBOs and your Showtimes. You had about 30 cable channels. My TV now goes up to like 1,200. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and plus you take into account, you know, people now you've got the DVR. Well, I'll just tape it and watch it later. I can watch it on Hulu. There's a Hulu version of Raw that comes out every Tuesday, a shortened version that's on Hulu. Mm-hmm. You know, people can do that. There are so many more options now. You know, Apple TV, uh, the Fire Stick, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not as you said. It it's it's completely no longer the same game that it was. Right. You're, you're never pulling those numbers again. I mean, you're talking Super Bowl numbers almost. The only thing right now that's catching those numbers is the Super Bowl, the World Cup. Um, God, the World Series doesn't even get those anymore, hardly. No, I mean we're talking the World Series did great this year, and I think it pulled like a twelve or thirteen. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, and. And you're talking about every Monday pulling sevens. No, it, it doesn't happen anymore. But that is still what is in Vince McMahon's head, <clears throat> is that's what we're chasing. That's what we got to get. And the problem is he has shown a propensity that as soon as the ratings start to go down, McMahon will panic. There's always that uh, you know break in case of emergency. Oof. And that's why everybody right now is saying the break in case of emergency is to put the title back on uh, John Cena. Oh, yeah. Oh, it'll get the ratings up. Well, But, I mean, you look at, you know, he got rating spikes um, the year that he brought back The Rock to face Cena at WrestleMania. That was a rating spike. Whenever he brings in uh, Brock Lesnar, that's a rating spike. But the problem is, you know, then you take these guys who are part-timers. I mean, The Rock. I mean, The Rock doesn't even really wrestle anymore. But if The Rock said, Vince, you know, I want to wrestle at WrestleMania, uh, you know, you'll get a huge number out of it. He will. And you know what? If Rock said, why don't you give me the title, Vince? Vince would give him the damn title. Probably, yeah. And there's the thing. It would just be for the rating. Basically, you bring in, they bring in The Rock. They bring in uh, Brock Lesnar. And then they feed their young talent that they're supposed to be developing as the next superstars. They feed them to those guys and those guys decimate them. We talked about the Wyatt family a little bit. This past year at WrestleMania, uh, Undertaker took on Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. The Undertaker just just the other day at Survivor Series celebrated his 25th year in the WWE. A quarter of a century. And I remember when he came out, I was eight. It was the Survivor Series 1990. I was eight years old. And I was terrified of him. I remember it. But here we go, you know, so 24, 25 years later, he's facing Bray Wyatt, the guy that you're trying to push as the new face of fear because The Undertaker had been the face of fear for 20-some years. What better opportunity do you have than for these two to have an epic match? At the end of the day, Bray Wyatt vanquishes The Undertaker, and bam, 
You've given him the rub for the next five years. This guy is the face of fear. He beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania. No, what happens? No, we put Taker over at WrestleMania. Of course. Because you know that because you know he wrestles twice a year. Now he's been wrestling a little more lately, but um a lot of people believe he's leading up to his retirement, probably at WrestleMania 32. Mm-hmm. Coming up in April from Dallas. Uh Jerry World, they're they're lo- looking to sell a hundred thousand tickets to WrestleMania. And that's why this year at WrestleMania, I don't expect to see anything different. I expect to see the rock back because he's trying to sell a hundred thousand tickets now. Right. You know, and you know, slow and steady building is not going to get you a hundred thousand tickets and the massive rate that you want at WrestleMania. So, you know, so let's say, let's say they bring the rock in, but dude, I'm as big a rock fan as anybody. I love the rock. You know, I've, I've yelled. If you smell what the rocks cooking, your Rudy poo candy ass for years. <laughs> if you bring in the rock and put him over, let's just say Roman reigns, which won't happen. <laughs> sure. But let's say you put him over Roman reigns. I mean, what have you just done to Roman Reigns? You've just said that that character who is your week in, week out, he's he's one of the cornerstones of your future. He can't beat a 40-plus-year-old guy who hasn't wrestled in over two years. Right. That guy comes in to wrestle one match, and he beats your guy who's on TV every single week. Why should I buy into Roman Reigns at that point? Let's say Dean Ambrose. Let's use Ambrose because obviously Reigns isn't going to happen. Let's use Ambrose, who's an over big time babyface right now. If The Rock comes in and beats Dean Ambrose, why should I ever really believe in Dean Ambrose? He can't beat a forty-five-year-old movie actor. Yeah, yeah. But Vince, but but right now the WWE would do it because it would pop a rating for him. And that's all that matters. And that's all that matters because that's what the stock, the stockholders want is they want to pop a rating. And that's depressing. Right now, it, it, the, the, the landscape of wrestling, um, there are some smaller companies in the country. Uh, Ring of Honor is, a, is kind of the major. Uh, Ring of Honor is kind of a double A AA to triple A organization right now. Mm-hmm. If you want to look at it in that light. Um, <clears throat> Ring of Honor just signed a new TV deal with some station I've never heard of and don't get. <laughs> which sucks because they've been it? on Destination America for the last year. <clears throat> and I've really enjoyed getting to watch them. Um, you know, that that is right now to me, that is a healthier product than WWE. Right now, probably the healthiest product in the world. Go to Japan. Yeah. New Japan Pro Wrestling, <clears throat> which has my beloved Bullet Club in it. You know, I've told y'all about the Bullet Club, of course. You know, Machine Gun, Doc, AJ Styles, the phenomenal. That's where Prince Devitt, Finn Balor came from. You know, you got the Bullet Club. You've got uh, Okada. You've got Nakamura. You've got um, you've got so many good guys over there who are established. And Ed, watching New Japan they understand how to get a guy over and then keep him over. Yes. You don't have to win every match that you wrestle, but if you're going to be one of the top guys, by God, you need to be winning 95 to five then. Right. Yeah. You know, you, you need to, it needs to be, it needs to mean something when you lose as a top guy. And WWE has just completely devalued wins and losses at this point. Um, the show raw here, here's a raw raw should not be three hours. 
that there's too much TV time. Right now, there are five hours of television to fill every week on WWE. <clears throat> Three hours on Monday, two hours on Thursday. You've got five hours to fill. And basically, you know, I don't even watch the Thursday Night Smackdown anymore. All it's become is a, is a Raw recap mm-hmm. with a few extra matches thrown in there. All Raw has become, if you watch Raw, you listen to the announce team, they spend more time putting over the app, the network, the sponsors. They spend more time on that. Of course, and you, you remember our infamous high school football game that we did where we literally, in between every play, read the whole sponsor sheet. I do, yes. Just to be giant pricks for a night. Yeah. <laughs> Truly, that's almost what watching Raw is like. Oh, God. You know, no, they're not quite as, you know, adamant about as we were that night. But that's basically what Raw is. It's all about Diet Mountain Dew, and it's about Kickstart, and it's about T-Mobile, and it's about Virgin Wireless, whatever it is. Everything is like a big commercial, and then it's three hours of sitting there, and you've got to fill three hours, and and still they can't find room for some of the for some really good talent. They say, oh, we don't have time for it. It's like, oh, of course, because, you know, we just had to do a four-minute segment of somebody playing with some wrestling figurines because now we got to sell the figurines. And it's just, oh, God. I mean, you go back and you watch the stuff from 98, 99. It's just, it's, a, it's almost a totally different product. And it was just so much better just listening to them, listen to them tell the stories of what's going on. It's... Oh man, it's it's a lot it's a lot to take in, and I know I've thrown out a whole lot of stuff tonight, but um, it's just that you know the wrestling business either you you like it or you don't like it. I know there are people who hate it and think it's the most horrible thing ever. There's people who love it and take it a little too overboard, but then there's those of us. I mean, I mean, Ed, here's my thing. You know, people are gonna listen to this. Well, asshole, if you don't like it, stop watching. <laughs> It doesn't and work like here's that. Here's the thing. It doesn't work like that. You know what? I'm an East Carolina football fan. Mm. I, I watched the year we went one and ten. I watched every game <laughs> because I love East Carolina football. I love the Miami Hurricanes. I'm sitting through this garbage that we've been going through for the last 10 years at Miami. And I'm gonna watch it because I love the Miami Hurricanes. I love the WWE. I got out of it for a while. And once I got back in, I'm like, man, I, I remember why I enjoy this. It is entertaining. I, I, it's just there are so many ways it could be more entertaining. Right. And, 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 that's where, and that's where my complaints come from. It's just, you know, to me, it just seems so logical. Switch up a few things and you can make this great again. It's never going to be the attitude there again because you're not going to pull sevens again. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just not going to happen. There's too much out there. You're not pulling sevens anymore. <clears throat> but you can still put a really good product on TV that people like to watch, and you will get a good rating. That's all you got to do. Just put a good product on TV, and you'll get a good rating. That's really all you got to do? Yeah. I mean, it's it's so simple. It's so simple, a whole room full of writers could almost figure it out, you would hope. Almost, but um, that's that's going to do it for our Super So Raw. Um, and so thank you. Thank you, Wes. And you were, you were worried you might not be able to even get to 30 minutes. We're, we're, I'm, I'm going to have to get some extra Vaseline because that was very raw. Oh, my. Oh, it's so raw. 
Thank you. Thank you, Ed. And folks, thank you. Uh, if, if you if you have anything you want to comment to me about, hit me up at West Bradshaw 21. I'll be happy to talk some wrestling with you online. As soon as you uh, get back from your cruise. That's right. As soon as I get uh, as soon as I get actual uh, service again, I'll be I will answer all of your tweets post haste as I met my dad drive home from Florida. There you go. All right, guys, and that's gonna do it for our Giga. So raw. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for Wes for sticking around a couple weeks ago so that we could record that and get it to you guys. Um, I guess I can still do a watch for this week. Um, I'm not really watching anything. I am playing Xenoblade Chronicles X. It just came out last Friday. Um, I, I told my girlfriend, the girlfriend, Jackie, um, last night, this was Tuesday night, I told her I had been playing for a little bit and I, I, I came to a sudden realization that you know, I, I may not actually be good at this game. I may actually be terrible at it. Um, after playing a little bit more tonight, Wednesday night, um, I can say, no, I'm getting better. And, and it's, oh, it's it's going to be a very enjoyable game, I think. Uh, super massive world to the extent that I can't actually believe this game is on the Wii U. Uh, it's gorgeous. Uh, the terrain is gorgeous. The planet that you're taking place on is gorgeous. Um, voice acting is fine <laughs> just put it at that uh, I, I do love my British guy he's he's amazing um, so still pretty early into the campaign but it's it's as I'm learning more and how to do things it's actually becoming a very enjoyable experience so I'll be playing that a lot more through the holiday season and into the coming year uh, as I'm still probably you know five four or five months away from that remastered Twilight Princess HD so that'll be taking up a lot of my time also uh the girlfriend is playing a lot of her old PS2 games so getting to experience all those since I never had a Sony console um some interesting games there some very very interesting games there so that'll do it for watch four and that'll basically do it for the a foreign affair podcast episode 84 this week uh thanks so much for joining us here again this podcast has been presented by ngsc sports and ngscsports.com where we never stop follow them on twitter at ngsc sports follow us on twitter at afa pod i'm at edward green west even though he couldn't join us live tonight he's at west bradshaw 21 find us on facebook Instagram, YouTube, Periscope, and email us through our sister show, the all-new sports show. And lastly, we also want to thank uh, Podbean.com, the iTunes Music Store, Stitcher Radio, Spreaker Radio, the TuneIn Radio app, and every single way you guys listen to us each and every week. We thank you so much for your support um, and, and listening to us and getting us those viewership numbers. We, we truly appreciate being able to share with you guys each and every week. Uh, our love of the beautiful game and wrestling and everything else we talk about. So for my call, Wes Bradshaw, who's on special assignment, I am Edward Green, and thank you so much, guys. We will talk to you next week when we have another weekend of the Barclays Premier League to recap, Europa League, and so much more. And until then, good night, Monica. Or Sion. Good night, Crystal. Good night, man. Good night. Good night. Oh, good.
You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. 